Oh, good evening, church family. And good evening. There's some familiar faces in here tonight. <laughs> We've got some St. John's and Christ Church and St. Michael's. I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely delighted that we're a little threesome. You know, I'm absolutely delighted. And may God continue to grow the church here in South End, multiplying it and multiplying it. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Linda. Uh, Trevor and I used to worship here at St. Michael's and we are part of the church plant team that was sent out from here to plant the church in St. John's. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Nick sent me an email and um, Nick said to me in the email, Linda, would you like to come and share with us at St. Michael's um, tonight? So I telephoned Nick. Um, at first, I was thinking, no, I can't do it. It's only a few weeks to go. Um, but I telephoned Nick under the prompting of our youngest son. Um, he said, G just give Nick a call. So I rang Nick, and Nick said to me, Linda, we'd like you to come and share. And he gave me the sermon title. Because of Jesus, I am cared for. Now, what Nick didn't know when he rang me, being cared for has been the biggest challenge of my adult life. Um, I'm 55, I'll just tell you that now, so it's been a big challenge all of my life. I grew up in a context and a culture which was highly self-reliant, self-determination, you know, self, uh, individualism, and independence. That's the culture that I grew up in. And I remember some years ago when we lived in Lee, uh, Trevor and I, we started to go to a place locally which did ballroom dancing. And I don't know if anybody's ever done any ballroom dancing, but there's something that happens that's quite unique, I think, in that the men have to lead. We lasted a few weeks and um, the instructor took over from Trevor and tried to um, lead me in this ballroom and it still didn't work. But I think that I was just so ingrained in that context and culture. So, you know, as I say, being cared for has been a big challenge for me. And I think that being cared for is really, uh, being cared for by Jesus is totally counter-cultural. Jesus requires of us total dependence and reliance on him from a place of complete surrender. And when you think of that, I mean, if you're anything like me, I think, is that even possible? Is that really something that anybody could achieve? Well, the Bible seems to suggest that it is. In a moment, we're going to take a look at Psalm 23. Now, I know in the Bible it's called a Psalm of David, but I'm calling it this evening a Psalm of Dependency. And my prayer is that we would see this psalm through the eyes of Jesus, because it's a psalm that is full of life, and it sets out for us a pattern of holy living, and it's a template for all humanity. I really, really believe that this psalm, um, it just anchors us in Jesus's bigger story, showing us his leadership and his love. So before we open up the scriptures, I do just want to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it contains. 
And Lord, we appreciate that the Psalms were written thousands of years ago, but they are as relevant today as they were when they were written. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to understand, reflect and apply all that we read in the scriptures. Would you open our hearts to receive from you? Be our teacher, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're reading from Psalm 23. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23 is a much-loved psalm, and it may even be a favourite psalm of many of us here tonight. The biblical writers have nestled Psalm 23 about our Messiah. They've nestled it between two other messianic psalms. Psalm 22, where we see the story of, our, of Jesus, our servant king who is suffering, and the extent to which God has gone to save us, and Psalm 24, where we see Jesus, our King of glory. For me, Psalm 23 is the most powerful and beautiful portrayal of Jesus in the entire Bible. In just six verses, we are given a template for living. Now, I don't know if the writer of this psalm summed this psalm up in six verses deliberately. It might be deliberate or it might be accidental, I don't know. And I don't want to push this thought too far, but when I was looking at this this week, it just struck me that the number six is often represented as the number for man, because as we know, God created us in his own image on the sixth day of creation. I see this psalm as an invitation, really, to all humanity to taste and see that the Lord is good. The imagery in this psalm is so powerful, and I'm really struck by the movement of the psalm. And from its opening words by David, which he says with such boldness and confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, the Lord isn't just David's shepherd. The Lord is Trevor's shepherd. The Lord is Cheryl's shepherd. And the Lord is Debbie's shepherd. And Nick, the Lord is your shepherd and my shepherd. 
And any of us can put our name in that sentence. Because we need to put our name in that sentence because it's from that point where everything else flows. The Lord longs to be our shepherd. And this statement is true for believers, unbelievers, the unchurched, the millennials, Generation Z, and people everywhere. This is an invitation to all of humanity. Nobody is left out from this invitation. Now, David, if you're very familiar with this psalm, you know that he is writing from, he's a shepherd, so he understands the role of a shepherd. But when he writes this psalm, he's writing it from the perspective of being a sheep. Now, this is absolutely key in our understanding of Psalm 23. Of all the imagery that Jesus could have used to describe his relationship with us, his people, he chooses to use the image of a shepherd with his sheep. So I just want to look just very quickly at this metaphor of sheep. If I asked you to describe sheep, I'm sure if you're anything like me, you would say, oh, they're lovely, cute, white, fluffy little animals, harmless enough, rather docile, don't do any harm, they just roam about in a field. Well, I've done some research on sheep this past week, and this is what I found. This is the research. This isn't me, this is the research. Sheep behave in a similar way to humans. They are fearful, timid, feeble, stupid, and stubborn. Ultimately, sheep are completely defenseless, completely vulnerable. A lost sheep has no built-in mechanism to find its own way home. Once it is lost, it is lost. And it's at the mercy of the various perils and predators. Sheep cannot take care of themselves. They need to be taken care of. When I was reading that research, I thought, oh, that's a bit strong. But the more I read it, the more I started to see that actually, it's actually quite true. There is a real stark parallel for us here in our Christian journey. And it's only once we recognise that we really are sheep, then we can say with absolute conviction, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. David tells us, doesn't he, in that psalm, in verses 2 and 3, of the comprehensive care that the shepherd has for his sheep. He says, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside quiet waters, and he refreshes our soul. The shepherd guides us along the right paths. And this is a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus and how he continually cares for us and provides for us, leading and guiding our every step. Jesus knows all about our lives. He's not absent from any of it. And not only does he lead and guide us, he gives us rest. And he gives us physical rest and psychological rest. And with the living water of his spirit, he refreshes our soul. Now you may be thinking, wow, well I was thinking, wow, why does the Lord Jesus go to such great lengths to care for us? 
And the answer is written for us by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, when he says this, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. These words are the heart and soul of the Bible message. They tell us how God sees our problem. We've gone astray. We've gone our own way, not God's way. Fallen humanity is wayward and has an innate ability for sinfulness. And the only antidote to the problem is our good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can take away the poison of sin. He is the only way. And Jesus confirms this when he says in the Gospel of John, he says these words to us. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. As Christians, we've got something really, really special to share with the rest of the world, with people that we encounter. We have been transformed by the Good Shepherd, absolutely been transformed. And there are approximately 7.9 billion people in the world. A lot of them were very much like me, not feeling cared for. Many actually feel quite the opposite. And here in our city in South End, there are many people that I encounter on a regular basis who are unloved. They feel unloved, they feel unwanted, they feel unhappy, without peace, without joy, and without love. And all of us can relate to a bit of that because over the past few years, we've been navigating some really choppy waters as people. We have lived through a worldwide pandemic, and now we're living with, um, you know, the variant of the coronavirus on a daily basis. We're still living today in choppy waters, as there is a conflict not that far from here, where there is a time where there is a serious threat of another world war. For me, and I don't know about you, but these choppy waters have seemed to be relentless over the last few years. But we read in our psalm the following words. He leads me beside quiet waters. We're encouraged, I think, to fix our eyes on Jesus, our good shepherd, because... There's nothing like the presence of the Lord to turn something around, to turn the way we think about something around. When Jesus walks into the room or steps into our boat, everything just changes. He dispels fear. He dispels panic. He just dispels the terror even of the unknown. But it's only through an intimate relationship with Jesus that we can even walk through the darkest valleys. And many of us find ourselves in those from time to time. 
Now, I mentioned earlier that I was struck by the movement of this psalm, and I talked about what David said in his opening line. Now, I just want you to imagine for a moment, if you're a car driver, imagine with me for a moment that you're on a journey. You start the car up, and the engine roars. That engine is our good shepherd. And verses 1 and 2 of this psalm, consider them to be like the lower gears of the psalm, the lower gears as you're driving along. And then there is a gear shift from verse 4, bringing with it a change in the language. We go from the pronouns, he and his, to a place of complete intimacy with the Lord, with the words, you and yours. It's as if once a person realises their need for the Good Shepherd and they come to him in repentance and obedience, the relationship becomes more intimate somehow, more personal. It's like as if we're there face to face with the living Christ and we're able to live now from a place of complete assurance and confidence. And following this gear shift, if you look at that psalm, following this gear shift, we see that the Lord becomes the host. And the psalmist speaks to him, and I imagine that David is speaking this face to face, and he says these words, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Seeing the Lord here as a host this week, as I was looking at these scriptures, I thought, okay, what's a host? A host is someone, isn't it, that receives guests and looks after guests. And this made me wonder, and this is only me wondering, okay? I don't know the answer to this. This is me wondering. What type of table is the psalmist referring to? Could this be the communion table? I mean, we're the guests, aren't we, at the Lord at that meal? As Christians, we are called to set before the world the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Eucharist that we celebrate, our constant reminder of the death of Jesus. Isn't the communion table the meeting point between the pain and sorrow of this world and the good news of the gospel? I don't know. When I get to heaven, I'll find out. The word host has another meaning. A host provides a home for another person. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us, every single one of us. We now have a home in him. We now live in union, in oneness, and our life has now been empowered by faith in the Son of God, our good shepherd, who loves us, and he gave his life for us. And he dispenses that life into us. I said when we were praying earlier this evening that I won't be here for two hours, maybe another time. Very, very brief message for you this evening. But as I finish, I just want to finish where we started. Psalm 23 
is a psalm of dependency. We cannot live without Jesus. And he knows that. And that's why our sovereign Lord, the Good Shepherd, invites all humanity to come and have a life at home in him. Let us pray. Loving Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that when we were lost, you found us. We thank you that you laid down your life for us. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me and forgive us for the many, many times when we have chosen to live independently of you. We recognise, Lord, our need for you. You are our good shepherd. And we submit, we choose to freely submit to your love and care. We yield ourselves to you in complete surrender. May your unconditional and infinite love be the pattern of our living, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.